record this. You I'm hijacked start this. <laughs> you hijacked it. You, you hijacked it with your accountability. All right. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Hi, Jersey. Talking about the flexibility with commitments. Flexibility with helping and flexibility with commitments. Mm, yeah. That's our topic for today. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you were describing being... Uh, you know, just saying, uh, yeah, commitments, pff, who cares? Wasn't that it? Yeah, that was exactly that. I was like, F, F people who want my help. <laughs> F people who I've promised things to. F uh, agreeing to complete things uh, for which I have agreed to complete. Or to yeah. which I've agreed to. I don't even know what I'm saying. I, uh, yeah. I said a lot of Fs. You, this would, you could, you know, obviously it's coming out of... Um, an opposite filter, right? <laughs> <clears throat> because it was, it was, um, yeah. I mean, once you end up uh, committing to a thing, it makes it easy to look at it, especially if it's like, really, if it's a, um, okay. I, I think in some ways we were framing up committing to something solo versus committing to something that connects to a team, right? Yeah. And so, like, if you have someone on the team who's like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, th this came up, I need a break or something, something. Then, then it's like, that, yeah, bend over backwards. No problem. Yeah. But when you're solo, you know, yeah. who's the who's the back over uh, backward bend overing, you know, nobody that's who negotiator who wears that hat? Well, you do. But and you bend over backwards for the commitment. <laughs> Shoot. It backfires. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I I don't say that with any kind of like um, aggrieved passive aggression. You know, it's it's just like it it is what it is, and that's who we are, right? Like I was, it was more of a joke when it was like, "Yeah, you ready to do this thing? That's right, commitments, man. You do it." Oh. Yeah, that's true. But I'm like that. I'd like to pick this kind of thing apart and explore it and what have you. But uh, <laughs> it's the yeah yeah like okay, commitments. I think one of the things, I mean, I gave a talk using that word, using the heck yeah, out of that word uh, recently, lightning talk we mentioned before, but like um, the, the idea with, of that talk just briefly was um, you can use commitments as a way to sort of uh, break outside of, of typical labels and, 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 you know, like you have a team and people have certain hats and that hat is a role and that role has certain tasks, but then, you may identify some other need and like if you commit to meeting that need, you may find a way to adapt that goes outside of your role and you, you, you're still serving the shared purpose and you're finding a way to whatever commitments are, are incredibly powerful. Um, and I think for me, just, you know, throwing the, throwing up the psych psychology, um, armchair disclaimer. Uh, I mean, they're promise it's, it's a kept promise kept promises feel great. It feels like, like I have done a thing I said I would do. And that, that means I have a foothold on being able to positively affect myself and maybe some portion of the world around me. Trustworthy. Hmm. Worthy of trust. Right. Uh, 
I was having you, a conversation when you are in that with situation though, like when you have a lot of trust and you've, you've experienced that, yeah. right? Like with a client or, or yeah. you know, a client and a team and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and you said, you said years ago, you know, nothing happens without trust. Um, no, it's like, uh, I, I was having a, f- a conversation with a friend recently where he observed that he's like, you know, it, it seems to me, Jersey, it's a lot more important to you that people find you trustworthy and, and honest than likable. It's <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I never thought about it that way, but maybe, you know, that, cause that sounds really nice. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I don't have a problem with somebody th- finding me annoying, but don't tell me that I'm not trustworthy. Uh, and com- so that's, uh, there we go. I mean, so we hit record talking about commitments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Showing up, showing up when you said you would. Um, but yeah, but there's always situations where you have to renegotiate that thing. Right. And so, um, you know, I have, I have certain ongoing regular commitments, which sometimes have to be renegotiated. Right. So like, um, oh, we said we're going to meet at this time. Something came up. Life is what it is. Mm-hmm. Can we move it to another date? Thanks for, for your flexibility, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, for the most part, solo commitments that I have to an event or a job or um, some kind of contract of shipping a thing, right? Like Boulder and Fleet, you know, it's like I've got a commitment to that and I don't like I don't like to bend on that, right? That seems like a more inflexible negotiation. When And uh, so a commitment is a form of practice too in that way where it's like I mm. want to... I want to put myself in a situation that has pressure and the, and I want that pressure to affect me. I want that to affect yeah. how I evaluate the uh the options I have and where I spend my time and where I put my attention and and effort. Right, right. That 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 uh com- that commitment becomes a checking in. It becomes a um um yeah, a kind of limitation that you that you agree to operate under, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, and I mean, and, and because like it it can cause this sort of uh, it can provide feedback of, uh, well, have you met it? What will it take to meet it? What do you have available? What so you have, um, uh, so you not I I think of commitments and capacity as being very um, interrelated. Mm. And so more because you discover new capacity through the, the, the tensions that you encounter through the commitment, right? Yeah. Or, or you discover, uh, not, not even because it's not always a growth, right? It's not, it's not always like, Oh, I discovered more capacity. You also discover the limits of your capacity, right? Oh, I didn't know what the edges of my capacity were in this particular context, but through making this commitment, I discovered that, you know, I can't, impossible for me to do X by this time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wouldn't. being in this, <laughs> which I think is a fantastic piece of, um, like a, a, a fantastic bit of system to bolt onto whatever you're doing as when you like to make things, because chances are there's a portion of why you're making that where you're intrinsically motivated. You're doing it out of some kind of love or excitement or passion yeah. and the desire for that sort of positive reinforcement that, is all internal 
And that can sort of um, gloss over factors that you need to look at more externally. Yep. And it, it, I'm reminded of uh, something that I, I listen to the Star Talk podcast every once in a while, the Neil deGrasse Tyson show. Mm-hmm. And just for anybody who hasn't heard of it, it's, it's Neil deGrasse Tyson a- answering questions about science, but he always has a stand-up comic sort of running co-pilot. So it'll be like Gene Merman from Bob's Burgers or... Um, He's had a bunch of other different comedians uh, on. Chuck, but um, Chuck Nice. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that Neil deGrasse Tyson says in his show a lot is he loves saying, I don't know. Right? It's, it, he, he makes it clear that this isn't about him having all the answers. It's about him finding the edges of his knowledge. Right? And getting signals of what needs to be improved upon. Which is a reminder to me that, yes, as makers of stuff that is an important element to the to the whole process of making stuff is finding out what your limits are finding out what you don't know finding out what needs to improve getting those things like a good critique right i'm delighted to find out what i don't know and finding out a new way to do it right it means that i'm going to get better at this stuff that kind of thing well it means that you're likely putting you're investing in the learning process yeah. in order to go through that experience and hopefully be changed by it. Um, and you're, you're pointing out something that remi- that it feels like they're like different commitments may have a more, um, well, they may have different natures. So they may have a nature like you described Neil deGrasse Tyson. So he's committing to discovery. Right. And I think some creative commitments like you're, you're, you know, designing certain things or you need to, um, you know, make a pitch or make a case or something where you've got to go research and test an idea before you make the thing. And that adds a pile of variables. And in that process is, is like discovery. And that hopefully is part of the commitment and clear, right? Whereas some commitments are more like, um, there may there's discovery isn't the primary thing i think it might happen but it's more about execution it's more about um uh less unknowns more knowns yeah yeah the seriously book that i'm doing right now is full of discovery and Mm. delivery and thankfully you met jesse who's like sort of like my boss on the project. He was at A2CAF. And thankfully, like he's like very much on the same page as me. And we had a lot of discussions about this because this next book, we're taking it into a style that I haven't worked in in literally 20 years, right? It's been almost exactly 20 years since I've tried working in this kind of realm of fiction and, and visual style. Hmm. And um, which is on the one hand, there's a whole side note I can go into, which I won't about like how weird and odd it is to see, you know, how the underpinnings and the structure have improved while the style has, the approach is roughly the same as what I did before. Anyway, um, but I was having a discussion with him where, you know, we've developed the ideas together. I wrote the story, I gave it to him and him and the organization, they all, you know, looked at it and approved it. They, they, tested it out with some teens, had teens read the pitch and the treatment to see what their reactions were and everything. So they, we, we did a lot of uh, questioning our assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. Put a lot of eyes on it and did a lot of thinking hard about the assumptions we had going into where to take this, this series next. 
even so, now that I'm actually drawing it, I was talking with Jesse and I was like, you know, I feel like a lot is on the line with this thing because this is a big investment and this is a big experiment. We have no idea how this is going to go down, you know? Uh, and Jesse reminded me, he says, you know, we, we talked to a lot of people. We got a lot of feedback on this thing and I think we steered the boat correctly, you know? But at the same time, you know, we're, we're the, taking the story in such a different direction. I mean, when I say different direction, like we're going from color to black and white, we're going from, you know, friendly, buoyant, typical Jersey stuff, full, laden with moral messaging to post-apocalyptic future where young people are like sort of trying to find their way through a savage land where they could be killed at any time, you know? Not my wheelhouse, right? So I'm learning a lot about my voice as a storyteller. I'm learning about my execution as a cartoonist. And uh, and hopefully their faith in me will be well-placed. <laughs> <laughs> that... That's exciting, and isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I I don't know if this is a, is a great metaphor, but it feels a little bit like how um someone like Jim Henson going from like Muppet Show type things into the Dark Crystal, and I think that's fair. That's fair because like it's this this book is dark compared to anything else I've ever done, but it's still me because it's like I can't walk away from the jokes. I can't do a story where nobody makes a gag or there's not like a character driven gag. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of humor in this book, but it's I I feel like so it's recognizable as my voice, but I I feel like the, when you see the first page, it's like this is a Jersey book, you know so. But yeah, I think that's a, that's that's a fair comparison and a very flattering comparison. Uh, I I wonder um, in let's see. So we don't have to keep digging into this. No. But then uh, I, I fall into this hole a lot when I I don't have actually a commitment to a client, but I have an assumption of what amount of my capacity it will take to get a certain sort of um, technique or, or thing to learn or even a completed project that to then share and talk about. And, um, and so I, you know, like I've been, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, exploring and playing and uh, learning in the space of essentially making, um, making code driven music. Or music from from code, yeah. Cool, we're going there. Let's go there. A little bit, yeah. I mean, why not? Uh, so, I mean, I I started this, uh, thinking about it a lot when I was um, learning uh, Sonic Pi, and uh, I learned that to teach a workshop, and also because it's it's just really cool and fascinating, and you know, one way to, uh, one of my approaches to help drive my ongoing um, learning and education is to um, get enough excitement and um, awareness of a thing to then te like commit to teaching it, <laughs> but then have to learn a lot more about it in order to like fulfill that commitment. And so I did that with uh, Sonic Pi. And Sonic Pi is an app where, I mean, you, you, you essentially can put in, um, put in some... Uh, you know, a few lines of code, you can like play, you, or just one line of code, you can play a note. You can then 
give a different instruction to say, you know what, don't play the note with your default sound. Play the note with some other patch, right? A synth. And, or, you know, play a um, play a sample. Or here, do these sound effects. And all of a sudden it's like feeding back on itself, whatever. Or do this in a loop. Or actually take this list of notes and randomly pick some. And now, now I've got a melody, right? So Sonic Pi spoiled me a little bit because it's really, really, really approachable and powerful and the documentation's awesome. But as I started playing around with this, I, I thought of like where I wanted to put it in, in, in a web browser. And I thought, well, I could do some good, I could, uh, I could do a screenshot I, I could, I, or I could uh, do a, a, a video of my desktop and capture the audio or I could just do an audio. I, I could do different things to like get output from this, but it's not really a web native thing. So I sort of wished into the source code universe and said, any of you guys have something like this that runs into in a web browser <laughs> and, uh, and gals. Right. So with that, I hunted and explored a bunch of different things and I don't have to go into all the details, but I eventually found something that's pretty darn capable. It's uh, and I'm still learning it and, and, and wrapping my head around it, but it's called uh, uh gibber or jibber js. And it's not the polish and the certain things that I got excited, you know, like I got, that I felt were very friendly about um, Raspberry Pi, or no, um, Sonic Pi, but it's not far off. And so, yeah. And anyway, I've been playing around with that, but like I, early on, I was like, whatever, this is going to be an evening. Okay. Maybe not in one evening, two evenings. Yeah. Three, two weeks later, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to finish. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I see I'm making a lot of progress. And I don't know, like, have you, does that sound like things that you've bumped into? Oh, before? my God. You know the project I'm working on right now besides the Seriously one. You know yeah. that, like, yeah, it's, I'm up to my neck with something that I'm working on with Anne that's, heavily researched based where the moment you think you've got your finger on it, you're like, Oh, there's like six other tunnels in this cave and all of them are really compelling. And maybe three of them will lead to dead ends, but I'm too excited about the subject to not go in quest of that. And Oh, this one didn't come out to a dead end, but it led me into another place that I never even thought of. And Ooh, now I got to step back and look at the whole picture again to see what was I originally trying to do here? Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, you say like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll spend the afternoon doing this. We'll spend the afternoon doing that. I mean, how hard can it be? And then it's like, Whoa, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's hard. It's. Hmm. Cause this isn't like the resistance I felt like when I was in school, like, Oh, this is so hard. It's more like, this is almost boundless and trying to wrestle down one tendril of this beast is, is the challenge.